Hello, and welcome to A Path to Redemption, the podcast. My name is Daniel Arona, and just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. Once again, I hope that you've had time to spend with the Lord this week. I hope that you've had a great week. Um, I hope that you've had time to spend with Him in prayer and also in His Scripture, because I... (laughs) Given the events of this weekend, I, I just—it's very, very difficult for me not to say that the Lord is coming and that He's coming quickly. Um, I think that's pretty obvious at this point. Um, and while we were scheduled to go into Esther chapter three, um, I felt led to really kind of pivot here, and I want to talk a little bit about Psalm eighty-three and Jeremiah forty-nine to an extent. Um, but we'll get into that here in a second. But look, I'm telling you right now, obviously Israel is at war. Um, they officially declared war today. Um, today is October 8th. Um, the, the, the cabinet officially declared it uh, against Hamas and against the folks in the Gaza Strip. So I think this is a material day. Um, it also is this incursion, um, this, I guess, invasion of Hamas came 50 years to the day um, of the Yom Kippur War, uh, where the coalition forces led by Egypt and Syria really came in to, um, to basically wipe Israel off the map. Um, and I think we see a kind of a partial aspect there of Psalm 83, although the nations listed weren't all involved and the nations listed aren't all involved this time either. Um, but we'll kind of get into that here in a second. But at the end of the day, make sure that we're praying for Israel. Make sure we're praying for the nation. Um, the scripture says that we'd be blessed if we do. Um, they are still God's chosen people, even if they don't believe in the Messiah, Jesus Christ. They are still God's chosen people, and we need to recognize that. Because for election's sake, um, they're his chosen people. And just as Paul said, you know, the the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And I think that we need to recognize that, and that we are the wild vine grafted in, and rooted in them, and, and rooted in Israeli roots, and, and in Jewish roots with the, the Old Testament, and frankly, the, the foundation of our belief in Christianity is in a Jewish man who is fully man and fully God, and who came for the to be the propitiation of our sins. And then the foundation of our teaching um, with Christ as the chief cornerstone is based upon Jewish men who taught us and wrote the epistles and, you know, gave us a foundation in the New Testament to build off of. And I think that we should not lose sight of that, right? And we need to pray for Israel. We need to pray for the Jewish people and recognize the things that are happening that are going on. Again, all of our scripture here comes from the New King James Version of the Bible. If you'd like a copy of a New King James Bible, please feel free to drop me a note at Path to Redemption Ohio at gmail.com. More than happy to put one into your hands. Also, um, my book is out, Grace Abounds. Um, if you'd like a copy of that, just drop me a note, path to redemption, Ohio at gmail.com. More than happy to get one of those into your hands too. And then again, don't take my word for this. Make sure you're studying to show yourself approved unto God um, and make sure that you're doing the work. But more and more importantly, make sure you're being intimate with the Lord, intimate with him in a relationship where you talk, where you you talk to him every single day. I oftentimes think about my relationship with my kids and, and I travel for work and things and I'm not there all the time as much as I would maybe like to be. But at the end of the day, though, um, you know, a day doesn't go by where I don't want to talk to them or I don't want to be with them, right? That's the same type of intimacy that we're supposed to have with Christ um, and with our with God as our Heavenly Father. So make sure you're staying as close to Him as you possibly can, particularly right now, because there's just a lot going on in the world, and there's a lot going on here, too, and things that I'm not even talking about that are happening in, in America right now. Um, so it's just important important that we keep our eyes on the prize, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. Because we have no idea how long it's going to be or how much we're going to have to see before we are we are taken out of here by the Holy Spirit. 
But we also have to pray and watch and make sure that we are accounted worthy to escape these things, as he said in Luke 17. So um, just make sure you're doing that. And I think today, uh, given what happened in Israel yesterday, the invasion um, of Israel and Hamas, by Hamas um, out of the Gaza Strip, I think is is just reiterates that even more. So again, we were going to go into Esther chapter 3 today, but again, I feel led to kind of do something a little different. So we're going to look at Psalm 83. In Psalm 83, verse 1 through 8 says this, Do not keep silent, O God. Do not hold your peace, and do not be still, O God. For behold, your enemies make a tumult, and those who hate you have lifted up their head. They have taken crafty counsel against your people and consulted together against your sheltered ones. They have said, Come and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. For they have consulted together with one consent. They form a confederacy against you, the tents of Edom and the Ishmaelites, Moab and the Hagrites, Gebal, Ammon, and Amalek, Philistia with the inhabitants of Tyre, Assyria also is joined with them. They have helped the children of Lot, Selah. Again, in light of everything that happened with the invasion of, of Israel by Hamas, I think it's important that we take a look at every piece of this prophecy. Um, clearly, Israel is surrounded right now by nations that do not want her to exist. But look at verse 4. It says, They have said, Come and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. I'm going to read you a portion of an article in the Jerusalem Post where Mohammed Deif, who is basically the, the strategic commander for Hamas in Gaza, called for an all-out war against Israel. This is what the article says. It says, Deef claimed that we have warned the enemy before noting that Israel had attacked Muslims and desecrated Al-Aqsa. Now, what he's referencing there um, was some of the most recent incidents that occurred during the, the Egyptian holiday Sukkoth, the, the Feast of Tabernacles, um, where there were a bunch of Israelites, a bunch of Jews that actually went up to the Temple Mount and went into the Al-Aqsa Mosque um, during those celebrations. Um, that's what he is referring to. So it goes on and says, this was a reference to the recent incidents in Jerusalem that have occurred during the High Holidays. Deef called on Arabs or Arabs and Muslims to carry out attacks on Israel in the West Bank and in Israel. Quote, our righteous Mashadin, this is your day to make the enemy understand that his time is over. They attacked and desecrated Al-Aqsa, and we have previously warned them, he said in the video. He called for Palestinians to, quote, organize their operations against the settlements and sweep away the occupier, end quote. According to the video posted online at Al-Mayadeen and other sites, he urged, quote, our people in Jerusalem to move and ignite the ground under the feet of the occupation, end quote. And also called on people to, quote, in the Negev, the Galilee, and the Triangle to move and confront the occupier everywhere, end quote. The Triangle refers to the area of Am Al-Fem and the Wadi Ara in central Israel. Now, Obviously here, when you read this language, it's obvious about they want the Israel's time to be over and that they don't want them to basically be a nation. The Ayatollah of Iran, the supreme leader, came out and basically said that the Zionist regime, the illegal Zionist regime, um, was going to be done away with by the people of Hamas, by the Palestinians, and by other people as well. And I think that that's important, right, because they're trying to build a coalition of people that are going to go in and destroy Israel, much like we see here prophesied in Psalm 83. But let's look at the 10 nations here that are mentioned. There are 10 nations, Edom and the Ishmaelites, Moab and the Hagrites, Gebel, Ammon, Amalek, Felicia with Tyre, and Assyria. Now, 
the way that these are laid out is pretty important. The first two are Edom and Ishmaelites. And Edom is is in modern day Jordan. This was the mountains area, the mountainous area southeast of Israel. Um, don't forget that Edom settled on Mount Seir. Ishmaelites is northwest corner of Saudi Arabia, so kind of right along the border of Edom. These both come from the same region. And again, as of this recording, though neither Jordan nor Saudi Arabia have actually been mentioned as part of this attack. But I think it's important for us to understand here that Edom and the Ishmaelites, both being the sons of well, one being the son of Abraham, but being rejected because he was not the son of promise. The other Edom being Esau and the descendants of Esau, um, again, being rejected, not, well, frankly, because he didn't want the birthright. And we've done a pretty deep study in Esau um, as well. And But and, but I think that's important to recognize there that, that they're coming against Israel because of the rejection uh, of both of their lineages. Now, the second thing here is the Moab and the Hagrites. Now, Moab and the Hagrites both are today, again, in modern Jordan as well. And they were both north of Edom, but due east of Gilead. And I think that this is important too, right? Because the Moabites were the descendants of Lot. Um, that after Lot came out of Sodom and Gomorrah and basically went into Zoar, his daughters thought that unfortunately he was the only one left in terms of population. They thought the world had been destroyed at that point. Um, and unfortunately it hadn't been, uh, fortunately I should say it had not been, but the very end of Genesis 19, starting at verse 36 says, thus both the daughters of Lot were with child by their father. The firstborn bore the son uh, and called his name Moab. He is the father of the Moabites to this day. And the younger, she also bore a son and called his name Ben-Ami. He is the father of the people of Ammon today. And we're going to talk about that here in a second, right? But understanding this, again, that, that again, people rejected, right? The, the Moabites and the Hagarites were really basically made out of a, out of a terrible, terrible situation um, where the daughters of Lot went into him and unfortunately were thereby through that act. Now, the third piece here is Gebal. This is ancient Phoenicia, which is in modern-day Lebanon. So it was in, and I think that's important, right? So Lebanon is northwest of Israel. That's also the head of Hezbollah, um, really controls Lebanon right now, that terrorist group. And there was an interesting article in the Wall Street Journal today, um, and it was recently reported by them that meetings took place in, the Leb- in Lebanon to give Hamas the green light for this attack. The article talks about how Iran actually helped plan the attack with Hamas, but this is the important part. In a quote, Israel has blamed Iran, saying it is behind the attacks, if indirectly. We know that there were meetings in Syria and Lebanon with other world leaders and the terror armies that surround Israel, so obviously it's easy to understand that they tried to coordinate. The proxies of Iran in our region, they tried to be as coordinated as, po- as much as possible with Iran. Israel's ambassador to the United Nations, Gilad Erdan, said Sunday. The other piece here is that Hezbollah out of Lebanon took the opportunity to fire rockets at the Golan Heights. So they took part in the in the invasion of Hamas. They took part by by taking the shots. Now they're not expecting additional things to happen in the Golan Heights. They're not expecting any type of ex- escalation there, per the articles I've been reading. But it is noted that out of Lebanon came additional shots that were taken in the Golan Heights. And the Golan Heights again is the northeastern part of Israel. It's 
well, according to Israel, it is Israel's, and scripturally, it is Israel's, but according to the rest of the world, it's disputed territory, um, because technically, according to the rest of the world, they believe that it's Syrian territory, and actually, it's the Golan Heights that's the center of the prophecy around Micah 5 regarding the, the princes and the shepherds that are going to be raised up when the Assyrian attacks, but that's a different study for a different time. But at the end of the day, though, we still see that this coming out of Lebanon. Now, the fourth part here is, fourth nation is is Amman. This is the capital city of Jordan. Again, Jordan has not been implicated in this, and I want to be clear about that. However, it is Jordan that controls the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. And actually, uh, Muhammad bin Salman out of Saudi Arabia has been making a play to become the steward of the Temple Mount instead of the, the instead of Jordan. It was on their watch that the Jews entered the Al-Aqsa Mosque during Sukkoth and a, a week ago, a little over a week ago, and that Hamas used as the basis of this attack. So what's going to happen there? I, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to play into this. If they play into this, this may not be the fulfillment of Psalm 83, but I do think it's important to understand who the players are here. The next one is Amalek. Amalek was the first area attacked by the children of Israel when they rejected the promised land in Numbers. This is located south of Israel in the area of, of kind of eastern Egypt. And again, to date, Egypt has not been implicated in this either. And Egypt certainly has not done anything from an aggression standpoint that we know of at this point. The next one is Felicia with Tyre. Now, Felicia is the area of the Gaza Strip. So that's where Hamas started their attack into the southern part of Israel. Tyre is in modern-day Lebanon, again, where the rockets were launched in the Golan Heights. So we kind of see that part happening here, right? But the question is whether these other nations are going to get involved. And again, Assyria is, this is modern-day Syria. Um, the area most contended, again, between them is in the northwestern part of Israel, um, or I'm sorry, northeastern part of Israel, which is in the Golan Heights. And again, the prophecy of Micah Five directly addresses the conflict with Syria and Israel. So understanding the players here, I think, is important because at some point in time, this is going to happen and this this kind of fight is going to happen. This is different than Ezekiel 38, the War of Gog and Magog. This is a separate attack. The players are not the same. Now, we came close to this in the Yom Kippur War in 1973, but on the flip side here, I, I the, not all of the players were, were listed there either. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how this works out. At this point, we just don't know what's going to happen. But here's the thing. Israel has officially declared war and will invade the Gaza Strip. Last time there was an incident, it took about two weeks for Israel to go into Gaza and to begin to do what Israel does and really take on Hamas. But what we don't know right now is how the rest of the nations in the Middle East are going to respond when Israel is at war. This is one possibility. I'm not saying this is what is happening, but I'm just saying that this is the possibility. And I find it interesting here that that it was exactly 50 years, almost to the day, that of the Yom Kippur War when, again, Israel was invaded last time. And I think that's telling because there's it's a jubilee, right? And jubilee means that everything is restored back to the people who it belongs to. Well, we know that the, the area of the Gaza Strip is the portion that is it belongs to Israel. There's prophecies in Ezekiel 48 that dictate that Israel's southern border will go all the way over to the Mediterranean Sea. Um, and I think it's interesting that all of this happens during the backdrop of the Abraham Accords as people try to 
to establish normalized relations with Israel, which is a good thing, except for the fact that the Abraham Accords are trying to say that all the descendants of Abraham have a right to the Holy Land, have a right to the nation of Israel, which is just blatantly false. According to scripture, only Israel has the right to that going through Isaac and the son of and the, the child of promise. But again, the we don't know how this is going to play out. We don't know how this is going to go forward. But there is one nation here that is not mentioned, and that is Iran. And again, the Wall Street Journal report says that Iran was behind the attacks of Hamas. And the, the article says Iranian security officials helped plan Hamas's Saturday's surprise attack on Israel and gave the green light for the assault at a meeting in Beirut, Beirut in Lebanon, last Monday, according to the senior members of Hamas and Hezbollah, another Iran-backed military group. Officers of Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps uh, have worked with Hamas since August to devise the air, land, and sea incursions. Now, if you if you read the articles, that's exactly how Hamas came in. They came in through air with the gliders. They came in through land with the bulldozer breaking, busting down the down the border wall, and then they came in through the sea as well. The most significant breach of Israel's borders since the 1973 Yom Kippur War, those people said. Details of the operation were refined during several meetings in Beirut, attended by the IRGC, or the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, officers and representatives of four Iran-backed militant groups, including Hamas, which holds power in Gaza, and Hezbollah, a Shiite militant group and political faction in Lebanon, they said. Now, that's really, really important because there's a part here that that will come into play. Because if Iran is believed to have be, been behind this, Israel will not let that go. Israel will respond to that in a way because they do not take being attacked lightly, particularly to this level. Right, so there's a there's a direct prophecy in Jeremiah 49 regarding this something similar to this situation, in Jeremiah 49:34 through 39. Um, this is what the scripture says: "This is the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah the prophet against Elam in the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah king of Judah, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts: Behold, I will break the bow of Elam, the foremost of their might against Elam. I will bring the four winds from the four quarters of heaven and scatter them toward all those winds." There shall be no nations where the outcasts of Elam will not go. For I will cause Elam to be dismayed before their enemies and before those who seek their life. I will bring disaster upon them, my fierce anger, says the Lord, and I will send the sword after them until I have consumed them. I will set my throne in Elam, and I will destroy from there the king and the princes, says the Lord. But it shall come to pass in the latter days I will bring back the captives of Elam, says the Lord. So Elam today is modern-day Iran. The prophecy here says, I will break the bow of Elam, the foremost of their might. This may be talking about a nuclear program in Iran. It's certainly the focus of their military and their might. Um, and if you think about it, when a, the, a, a nuclear site goes into meltdown mode, it will scatter everyone. Think about the Fukushima plant, right? It's not possible for anyone to go back into that land for many, 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 many years. He says, I will bring the four winds and scatter them. If there is an attack and around, like I said, against the nuclear power plants, this could cause a meltdown and push the inhabitants of Iran to scatter and may not be able to return. Um, we've got to recognize that and understand that. Next, he says, I will cause them to be dismayed before their enemies and cause disaster. This would be an incredible disaster for Iran, similar to, again, to the Fukushima meltdown in Japan from the tsunami. It would be years before anyone would be able to be in that nation. The scripture says also says in the latter days they will be brought back. 
Timing of this, we don't know, but at some point, they would actually be able to be brought back. Now, I did some research here around the kingdom of Elam, and nothing like this has ever happened in Elam. Yes, they went to war, but they were always subdued, and they weren't ever scattered across the nations like this prophecy says. Um, they basically just kind of folded into into whatever kind of uh, government was coming in. So I think that that's important to understand here. I, I truly believe that this is a futuristic prophecy here that has not been fulfilled. So there are other aspects of Jeremiah 49 as well that may be completed during this part too, including the destruction of Damascus or the Amman Jordan. Um, all of that is possible here based upon who was involved in this attack in Israel, based upon how this comes in into play, based upon you know who gets involved when Israel invades Gaza. We just don't know at this point. The Lord has not told me, so I'm not going to tell you that thus says the Lord because he, I, he has not told me and he's not told me anything. The only thing I can tell you is what the scripture says and what and what and where all these places are, which is what I'm trying to do. But we've got to understand that that this is what is going to happen in the end. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars, but when Israel is involved, we have to look at Scripture. We know the fact that Israel is involved in this and that we're starting to see this stuff come to pass, is that means that Christ is coming soon. I don't know how bad it's going to get. I don't know how many wars are going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen in, in America and the nation that I live in where uh, leading up until to the return of Christ. For all I know, at some point they could come and hunt Christians and we could be scattered across the winds and be in hiding. I don't know what's going to happen. But here's the thing I do know is that I have a Savior and a salvation named Jesus Christ who leads and guides me by his Holy Spirit and gives me access to the Father that I may pray for my loved ones, pray for the people that are that I talk to every single day. And if you're listening to this, I challenge you. Understand something here that the rapture is close. We are so close to the return of Christ for his bride, for the church, that you know you can feel it and you can see it happening. And I'm telling you, I want you next time you're at work or next time you're dealing with people that are in your life on a daily basis or a weekly basis, I want you to look at them and I want you to see them and think about, you know, if they don't know Christ, they're going to have to go through this tribulation. If they don't know Christ, they're going to have to go through the worst judgment that this world will ever see, the worst time period that this world will ever see. Also, that that Christ can transition from high priest to king of kings and lord of lords on this earth. Think about that, right? Think about your loved ones, your family, who may not know Christ, who may not understand the things that are going on right now. Talk to them about it. Show them in Scripture. Show them what's happening right now. Because I think it's important for all the th- for all of us. Because how would we feel if knowing that we could have been the one person to witness to them, and then ultimately they be left behind? Now, when you witness to them, it's their choice. They have an opportunity. They have a choice. That's the point here. But you got to let them make that choice. But how can they hear if they? How can they? How can they hear if there's not a preacher? And how can he preach unless he's sent? Right? We've got to understand that we're all preachers of the gospel. We're all meant to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look, this is just another chess piece moving as we kind of go into what's happening and what's going to be coming up into the end of the world. So they shouldn't say the end of the world, but the end of this age, right? When when ultimately there's a transition and Christ sets up his kingdom for a thousand years. But I'm going to leave you with this because don't forget, the spirit and the bride say, come. 
That's what what was happening right now. The spirit and the bride say, come, because Jesus is coming back. Know that. Understand that. And I think it's time that we be about his business, be doing the things that we're supposed to be doing, and be as intimate as we possibly can right now. Because if we're not, we're not going to make it, and we might just be left behind ourselves. Amen. Look, I hope you got something out of this. I hope that helps clarify some things of what's happening, some things of what could happen in Psalm 83 and Jeremiah 49. Um, read those passages. Read the full parts of those passages because it, it it's telling, right? It is very, very telling of some things that are going to happen here. So understand all of that. But look, the bride and the spirit say, come. That's what's going to happen. Christ is going to come back for his bride. Christ is going to ultimately come back to establish himself as king of kings and lord of lords. He's going to put his foot on that nail-scarred foot on the Mount of Olives. It's going to split in two, and and a flowing river of water of life is going to go throughout the earth. Nice. I thank the Lord for that, and I cannot wait. But at the end of the day, let's focus on our loved ones. Let's focus on the witness. Let's do all of that. But again, don't forget your own intimacy with Christ as well. But until next time, just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. God bless and pray for Israel.